Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, weary traveler. Need a short rest? Oh, I see. They said you'd be showing up about now. Come on, through the portal. Best not keep the Lord Mistress and Lord Master waiting. You know how they get. Robots Radio presents The Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. The best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons. Hello and welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio. And I am Mary. And we are coming to you hot off the presses of some some great lore in my opinion ancient lore some great ancient lore for <laughs> mm-hmm. sure you know what's what's really cool about uh you know dnd lore is that uh there's there's one there's so much of it obviously and oh, two yeah. like you know there can be you can talk about stuff that is going on in like like the present time you know the mm-hmm. The 1400s, 1500s, you know, going into 1500s DR mm-hmm. of the Forgotten Realms. And you can talk about stuff that's, you know, that's that happened before the Dale yeah. Reckoning. And you can yeah. talk about stuff that happened, like uh, we talked about in in uh, in our History of Faerun yes. episodes. The stuff, like the stuff at the pretty much the beginning of time. Yeah, absolutely. Everything and then all we can talk. Through. And- Go ahead. And then this? And then oh, this. Yeah. Where does this fall? I mean, this uh is kind of a little of both. Straddling the line. A little bit of both. It, it's a line straddler for sure. It is. Uh we have talked about this location a little bit um yes. in the uh the... in a couple episodes. No, yeah. In uh the Legend of Dritz mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. series that we're doing where we're covering um all the difference uh like well, they're not all trilogies. They're mostly trilogies. I say that because right. but the next one that we cover is not a trilogy. It's actually it's four books. Yes. But uh but most of them are trilogies of, of Dritz right. books. And this is from the um the Ice Wendell trilogy that covers mm-hmm. uh it's essentially it's not chronolog not chronologically the first three books, but um the first three that were put out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely, and, absolutely. Uh, a major part, especially in the second one, uh, 
yeah. is uh, is Bruder Battlehammer's uh, quest, goal, life's life's mission to retake yeah. his childhood home. Ah, uh, yeah, because it's his. Because it's his, rightfully it's so. His. And so right. we, what are we talking about this We're week? We're talking Mary? about that childhood home. We're going to discuss Mithril Hall. Uh, Mithril Hall is the dro- uh, dwarven stronghold beneath Fourth Peak Mountain in the Frost Hills and is, as you said, one of the best known dwarven strongholds in Faerun. Um, it was so named for the thick veins of Mithril running through it. And I apologize in advance for the number of terrible stereotype dwarven accents you guys might be subjected to because I keep thinking in it. What's so bound to happen? So say thick veins of mithril in right. a dwarven accent right so like, it's like, called say, say thick veins whole, say of mithril sentence. running through it they're said to be as thick as your arm oh, there you go that's there you go <laughs> i mean that's that's uh, can you not just hear dwarves in a bar bragging about their home <laughs> the veins of mithril thick are as veiny. thick as your arm thick veins <laughs> um yeah, I guess I could. I guess I could. It's it's very dwarven and it's it's beautiful. So at first, Mithril Mine belonged to Clan Battlehammer and became a safe haven uh, for many dwarven families and even you know f- various refugees of other species as well. Um, because of its location in the spine of the world, it is one of the most like one of the northernmost settlements on the entire continent of Faerun. And that, that's that's interesting to me, the fact that it was a refuge for other species as well. As because, well as dwarves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just because dwarves are usually pretty like exclusive yeah. in terms of uh, like, hey, like this is for us and not for anyone else. Right. Very, very untrustworthy of other species. Right. Well, this was just at the very beginning when it was just the mine before it became this full blown massive settlement that, you know, that. Uh, King Bruner had to go back and reclaim. Mm. So initially started this is just kind of a little, a little mine town, right? Just a little guy, and they were of course going to let other folks help them build up this, you know, and work together. So you got a south, strong back, we could use you. That's right, got a strong back. Come give it a crack down in the mine. That's how they uh down you know. in the mine. <laughs> that's that was their that was their uh, <laughs> recruitment. That's their slogan that's for their, their recruiter. Yeah. So it's one of the very few dwarven settlements, actually. So this this ancient settlement called Settlestone lies to the south of um, to the south of it. Um, this is one of the very few dwarven settlements that was actually built above the ground. Um, they did so using these huge slabs of rock laid against one another, um, and these structures have actually stood the test of time, being outdoor and exposed to all the elements, even. Um, they survived for centuries after Settlestone was abandoned. Um, originally, it was called Dwarvendero, and it was settled centuries and centuries ago. Like negative 628 DR is how long ago, and it's still standing. Like that that's, is some solid construction. That's that's that old timey craftsmanship <laughs> that you know we uh, it that don't we don't make see them nowadays. like they used to. That's. <laughs> I, that's that's i think that's three so far that we've got let's keep a, <laughs> i wish there, keep like a, so I wish there was like a i wish there's like a video version of this so every time <laughs> you said something you can do a clicker not, not just in a dwarvish accent but something that a dwarf would, would say, say. 
it's the, the whole to, episode beep, beep, you would you would beep. break the timer it would just look yeah. like the like the like fraction of a mile part of an odometer just yeah, steady it, spinning yeah it would uh it would uh <laughs> like it would stop at like it would say like ee or er like error yeah, like, it's like an error across it yeah kind of like how the y2k out. thing it's it happened because like <laughs> they didn't calculate past the year 2000 and so yep Whoever made this clicker is like, oh, surely she'll stop at like 999, she's right? She's got to stop, the, right? At some point. There's no must. reason for four digits. What? <laughs> I mean, it's only an hour long podcast. How many times could she possibly she's just say it like 50 times a minute? I don't know how she does it. Um, so it was resettled again in um, 1357 DR by some barbarians that were led out of um, that came out of Icewind Dale, led by a human called Berksgar, which I would not try Bless to you. say. To thank you, sorry, it's these allergies. That pollen's high. I'll tell you what. <clears throat> it really is. It is the worst right now. So this uh, this little bitty town, Settlestone, was used as a public front for the mine. It's populated by about 200 dwarf guards that kept the area surrounding Mithril Hall free of monsters and regulated the traffic coming to and from the area. To the northwest lies an entrance to Mithril Hall in a rocky valley called the Keeper's Dale. So navigating the dale to get to the entrance was a very slow, treacherous kind of a journey um this valley was filled with unstable and craggy outcrops so it's just danger all the way down the steps leading to mithril hall from this entrance are very very unique and i thought this was really really interesting imagery that it gave me because i'm a theater of the mind kind of person um they're very carefully and skillfully carved in place which is awesome but they're carved into a place where two different types of rock meet each other, which means that the steps are completely camouflaged and can only be seen from certain angles or by those that already know exactly where they are. That's awesome. Right? Hidden staircase. I mean, that's... that's uh, just the logistics remember. of it to me is just fascinating because it's it's just so so neat to try to think of all those like all those little details of stuff i can't remember if, uh for fifth edition i know it's very much a part of the third edition which which is which is where i cut my teeth and i know mm -hmm. the rules for that edition like backwards and forwards okay. uh having read through the books a million different times right uh, because that's you know because that was before like i had kids and before i was able to you know before i Right, had, had stuff to do. I could just read D and D books. Oh, oh, better days. Anyway, and now you uh, figured out a way to do it while adulting. Good ah, job. That, that's hey, you gotta think smarter. You gotta work dream. smarter, not harder. Right. And so, um, but that was always a thing that I always felt was uh kind of cool, but also kind of um more like flavor. Where like, oh, dwarves... it's more of a flavor text thing than actually anything that would be necessary in game for mechanic reasons right and it was that the yeah. dwarves were able to um like had like a, a plus two in this case i guess it would be an advantage in fifth edition would be an advantage mm -hmm. um to be able to spot like a dwarven like uh like either like root cutty like oh yeah yeah, like yeah being proficient in it for sure and so sure. um but yeah something like that would be like fantastic to be used like that just so beautiful for that so this entrance 
this gets even neater. It's highlighted by an ancient formation of monoliths that are predating the entire settlement. The original entrance was only accessible via a secret door that only revealed itself when a command word was spoken. Sounds a little bit familiar. Was it was it Elvish? Was it friends that speak friend in Elvish? I, you know, that's what I kept thinking the entire time. And um, here's here's what's crazy is, uh, like you you read or you watch Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. and then which obviously like you know came out in um the sixties I believe, mm-hmm. and then you the you know the books not the movies obviously, uh, Clearly. and then you. And then you I play... was 12. I don't think it was that... I'm not that old yet. And then you play D&D and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I can see like where yeah. where like Absolutely. a lot of this came from. Yes, this is very like... very reminiscent of very specific place. Right, right, <laughs> in right. Lord of the Rings. And then you but then you also like play stuff like uh like Oblivion or Skyrim. Mm-hmm. And you kind of see the through line between mm-hmm. like from like Tolkien Yes. Through D and D, through like you know modern fantasy. Yes, and it and... crosses over into World of Warcraft a lot too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's the lines amazing. are so blurred. I'm still not sure which stuff came from where originally, and I love that everything samples from each other so much that it helps make an easier transition into those other things too. No, yeah, for sure. Like I remember playing uh, Skyrim for the first time, and there's this like mountain top, this like mountain <clears throat> peak that's called the Throat of the World. And I'm like, oh, that's oh. like the spine of the world, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's like, just what's near the spine. Well, it's on the opposite side. Well, it's like you know, as opposed to like a long like you know yeah. mountain ridge, it's like mm-hmm. you know this high you know mountain top, mm-hmm. and it's just like ah, oh, like the just the you know the the, the references to D and D and Tolkien and, and other media just. Mm-hmm. Like, Chef's kiss. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I agree completely. So this entrance, though, did get changed around a little bit when our, our dear Bruner did a little bit of refurbishing. Um, and it was then kept by two huge, well-guarded granite portals, which still sounds awesome. <laughs> Entry hall itself is a high-roofed room. Um, it's carved out of the very mountain itself. And it is extremely wide is how it was described. So I'm picturing it being wider than it is deep, just based on all of the things I was able to locate. Um, And it is lit by magical torches that never go out. So another entrance to the mine lay very, very deep in the dark at the lowest levels, gated off by heavy doors. It's these tunnels. Um that are the entrance to the Underdark that allowed the drow to invade in 1350, uh, 58 DR, the Year of the Shadows. Uh, those pesky drow. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But it was also their connection to Blingdenstone, the Spurth Neblin settlement, which we covered in a bonus episode available on our Patreon. Yeah, if you want to uh, peep all peep that episode in particular, as well as all the other bonus episodes and mm-hmm. Patreon Plus installments, then you just go over to patreon.com slash d Lorecast. Yep. So some other notable locations within, um, after entering from Keeper's Dale, it's a complex area of tunnels. It's kind of a twisting and turning thing with various side rooms branching off of them. And this area is aptly called the Maze. 
Oh, right. Clever little turnips. Oh man. These dwarves and their names for things are amazing. You know exactly what you're getting. Like there's no, it's all cut and dried. It makes my okay. heart so happy. So in, uh, I'm going to ask the question and then you respond okay. as a dwarf. Hey, oh, uh, this, this complex area of, of, of tunnels that, that, you know, twisting and turning with side rooms, you know, with branching off of them. What do you call that? <laughs> right. So that area that's all twisty and turning, we call that the maze. Ah, You'll be quite amazed when you get in there at how lost All right. you'll get yeah, if you don't have yeah, a look, You can either pick the dwarf accent or the puns. You can't do no, both. No, I can pun in a dwarf accent. I just did it. I just did it. You were there. That's, that's You get the one. That's the one <laughs> I get time. the one. All right. So this so this maze is a uh, knotted web of traps and dead ends that are you know meant to slow down, stop would-be invaders. And it is also... A constantly expanding and changing area as more mithril is being mined. So it just gets more convoluted and confusing as time goes on. Um, all guests are told to remain in the entrance for a guide or an escort, as trying to navigate it alone would likely prove very fatal. Um, in the center of the mountain is the Undercity. This is where the permanent residents and miners live. This massive cavern was carved out further and made even larger by the town's founders. Um, they carved ledges into the walls, radiating outward in rings, kind of like uh, similar to the Colosseum, um, with just like a larger ring rising up outward from that central spot. Um, many homes are built into these massive steps, and although it only had a few thousand inhabiting its stone halls at that point, could house up to about 10,000 dwarves or individuals they were thinking ahead for sure right right preparing for this massive thing because they're very enterprising nothing else the majority of the uh, forging and labor took place in the bottom center of this chamber of the undercity um this is where all the workshops were furnaces etc um it's the glow and the heat from those great furnaces that kept the entire undercity warm and lit um, with the light reaching all the way up into the dark, towering heights of the cavern above. So high above the thundering blows of the hammers and the roaring flames of these forges is a bridge that spans the expanse of the entire cavern, allowing the miners to travel across it instead of having to, you know, traverse around the whole thing to go to work. Smart. Right? Which, again, tiny little bridges. I, there's a lot of mental images. I'm sure you guys are picking them up, too. If you've seen any Lord of the Rings, then, you know, you know, you know. So the next place we'll discuss is a place called Garum's Gorge. It's a huge natural cavern within the east side of the mountain. So we've traveled to a different location within. Um, undoubtedly named for Garum Battlehammer, the sixth king of Mithril Hall. Although it isn't actually specifically stated anywhere, it kind of seems like a dead giveaway. Like, it's the only guy that's been the king by that name and you know for a while yeah for a while right so just say it so um, it's another very very deep cavern um this one is approximately a thousand feet deep and could only be crossed via a small bridge which led to and or from the east entrance it could also be used as a defensive tool um, as it was blocked by a portcullis which is operated in a room that is on the other side of mithril hall so in order to lock that side down, somebody from the other side has to be in communication with. It's all very neatly put together. 
But so for references for these caves and caverns, because for me, just the numbers without coming up with a visual aid, um, it's just a number. So I looked up a couple references um, for visualization purposes. A thousand feet <clears throat> is the same as the height of the Eiffel Tower. Okay. It's the same as 30 school buses end to end, if you've never been to France. I have not been to France, but I have seen Evil Knievel, so go on. Right. Um, we're talking lengthwise, like oh, from engine like, to from... tailpipe. Oh, oh, that's even more impressive. Right. 30, end to end. Or eight and one-third ancient red dragons, or 333 and one-third Sferf Neblin. Okay. But, the, you know, um, good luck stacking dragons. <sighs> I, I still... um. I still, I'm still not unable to, I'm still having trouble picturing. Is there another me measurement method? Oh, absolutely. Can... Absolutely. If you can't get eight and one third ancient red dragons to cooperate, mm -hmm. go along with the measuring method. Uh, you could just stack up 400 ducks. 400 ducks. Okay. Yeah. Just one on top of oh, the other. Oh yeah. Still. Wow. That's, that's, that's like big. Huge. Right. 400 ducks. Yeah, absolutely. Which further proves that I will use anything. <laughs> Americans As will use anything. As a source of system. measurement. Yeah. <laughs> so down at the bottom of this 400 duck tall gorge lays a cave. It leads deep into the east mines of the Undercity. Um, during Shimmerglane's right, rune. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> Shimmerglane actually just sounds like a dwarven name, though. I mean, really and truly, I mean, all this dwarven talk, it's. I'm surprised that they that, that, may, that might be what they call him. <laughs> Absolutely. That might be what they call Shimmer Gloom. During Shimmer Gloom's reign. There we go. A time during which Shimmer Gloom or Heyrin Varim, aka the Drake of Darkness, had control of the settlement. And it is O apostrophe darkness, so I get to shillelagh that, I think in my uh, I mean I can't pronunciation yeah I can't argue with that it is the o that is the most dwarven nickname the Draco, the Draco darkness, darkness. Yeah. <laughs> this... right so this reign actually lasted for about one dwarven generation and it ended in about 1365 dr when Bruner reclaimed his ancestral home so <laughs> move on to a few other locations there is a location called the halls of gathering and i bet you can't guess what happens in there you'll never um, guess they paint the, maybe the the hall will be painted painted hall perfect so it's in the upper level of the eastern side of mithril hall um it's enormous chambers used for what sergio did not guess um, gathering. Ah, uh, that was a Monsters Inc. reference, by the way. Was it? It was. I'm so sorry. I should be familiar, but it's been a long time. It's when um, the villain can't forget his name. Randall, Randall um, is talking mm -hmm. to Mike Wazowski, mm -hmm, and he mm -hmm. says that means the scare floor will be. And Mike goes painted it's like empty you idiot the scare floor will be empty i'm sorry this that's is right. we'll, that's, that's right that's to be left for our pixar lore cast <laughs> coming soon beautiful so this is pretty much the 
halls of gathering it's where all visitors and any newcomers are met um where pretty much any of the settlement's occupants could go up there they could almost all fit there at the same time to you know welcome folks greet them and stuff like that uh the hall of dumathoin was named after the shield dwarves patron and keeper of secrets under the mountain dumathoin that is my favorite title it it is that one dumathoin not Dumathoin, the keeper of secrets under the mountain part. Oh, okay. <laughs> not, the, That's a, not the other I, part. I, well, you can tell which part I like. <laughs> derp, derp, Dermathoin. Duh, duh, duh. I like it, Dermathoin. <laughs> so, this room, the Dumathoin, hall, hall of Dumathoin, is used for storage of the vast wealth and treasures that belong to Mithril Hall and Clan Battlehammer, including masterwork weapons, army, jewelry you know gems all of that stuff and this is where new visitors are brought after going through the halls of gathering so that they can be shown all of the vast wealth that they have look at all our cool look stuff. at our stuff yeah hey hi it's nice to see you you want to come see my stuff look at all this cool stuff i've look got at my stuff and of course, within the great and ancient halls lies the um, some burial places. It lays the final resting place of our friend and yours, of course. Um, by his cairn is a statue of him in his battle stance. Um, our dear king, Brunner Battlehammer. Our close dear by, king. He, of course, close by within the hall is also buried his beloved Caddybree. And Regis is also buried there as well. Before we jump into some before we jump into some history, do you do you want to knock out some of the middly bits? Uh yeah, let's 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 knock out some of the some of the middly it's bits. Let's middly do that. Yeah. It's feeling a little bit middly. Yeah. Hello, welcome to the middle of the show. Mary, Ooh. what do we do in the middle of the show? Uh, this is where we're stuck, like in the middle with you. And thank you to the patrons. No ear cutting, though. We are not cutting off anyone's ears. No. Like, that's a, that's not, a, that's a Reservoir Dogs reference. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's in taking... case you're, in case you're thinking I'm just a weirdo who's connecting, thanking our patrons with cutting people's ears off. <laughs> I'm not. I am. A, I mean, I am a weirdo. But not for that reason. Not that kind of weirdo. Not that kind, kind of weirdo. weirdo. Safe weirdo that leaves yeah. people's ears intact. Your your ears will be fine. Uh, to the patrons. I mean, but um, I mean, will they be fine? You heard my accent. Will they be fine? They'll though? be fine. Oh gosh. However, um, it might not. Um, it might not be. Uh, you know, they might have to hear too much D and D. Oh no! Not too much D and D. Oh no. Oh, Oh no. Okay. So uh yeah, we want to thank all of our patrons. Thank you yeah. uh so much for uh supporting the show, especially yes. thanks to uh Dean <clears throat> C and Michael M, our newest patrons. Uh thank you for signing up. Uh we hope you appreciate access to all the legacy episodes plus yep. ad-free early episodes. Um and if you are interested in getting uh all that stuff plus uh free merchandise plus all sorts of free perks and cool mm -hmm. stuff like that, that uh, then go to patreon.com slash Lorecast. Yep. And if you want to support the show in other ways, uh, by all means, you're free to do so, and we would yes. love you for it. You can leave reviews on iTunes, on Spotify. 
You can follow us on all the social medias. Yep. yep. Retweet we're us. E- we're everywhere. We're on we like are D and Lorecast pretty much everywhere on the Instas and the Hit TikToks. The notifications and all those all those cheesy things that we're supposed to say. All the stuff, all that stuff. You know all how that cheesy stuff. You know. You know. Um and additionally Additionally, you can also mm-hmm. uh, join the Robots Radio Network Discord. True. We do have a channel over there that is pretty much always popping off, and we are always ready to talk some D&D. Which, if you're not familiar with Discord, it's kind of like um, like an old-school chat room. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like a chat room slash message board all in yeah. one. And it's, uh, it's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. Yeah. Lovely. And like Mary said... Mm-hmm. We're always in there. We're always ready to talk D&D. And if you need help navigating that stuff, just pop in there and shoot a message out. I'm happy to help people do that, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Help you learn the Discord. (laughs) In the middle of the show, we also talk uh, some upcoming or recently announced (gasps) D&D news. Yes. What have you for us? Well, um, we we were talking about um, the Legend of Dritz like you know series book series that's Mm -hmm. um well like three over three dozen books in uh and the newest the third book in the way of the drow series Mm -hmm. loth's warrior is coming out in august however there is an exclusive excerpt of the first chapter that's available and we'll uh, link to that in the show notes so if you want to get a sneak peek of what Bob Salvatore, I can call him Bob because we're friends. And Are we're you? friends because I've spent a lot of money on his books, I feel. <laughs> that Okay, well, all right. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, R.A. Salvatore's uh, next book for, about Dritz. The first uh, chapter is available for a sneak peek if you want to check that out. Uh, additionally, in a link in the show notes as well is a link to a uh, BuzzFeed article which is uh, 19 D&D Easter eggs uh, in the movie, in the Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves movie. And so, you know, all the little stuff that, uh, stuff and not like obvious and not so obvious stuff. So I need to to get my checklist before I go venture out to do the thing and go see the movie. I mean, well, like I said, one of them is like the the number one on the list is the gelatinous cube like well that's mm. a pretty obvious one it plays like a pretty you know integral part of you know one of the scenes or a couple of the scenes right um and then another one is like the owl bear well like you know like we know what an owl bear is but then there's like some uh like not so like subtle ones oh uh, sounds like, like a know, lot of fun no like you know they'll mention uh certain cities mm-hmm. from forgotten realms you know one of them like the the movie takes place in neverwinter but there are a couple other cities that are you know, right. mentioned by name, uh, just like you know, in passing. Nice. Um, but yeah, so check that out. Heck yeah. Uh, if you're interested in all like the little like, um, like you know, Eastern nuances stuff. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then also this isn't uh, official D&D, but we were talking about uh, like the Tolkien inspiration behind yes. D&D. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Free League is releasing their lord of the rings game for fifth edition next oh. month oh goodness yeah so it's <laughs> that's, uh, that's it that's the that's my review oh goodness <laughs> oh goodness uh so yeah they're uh so they they've released their their own um 
it's called the one ring and it's like it's their own um uh, based on their own engine but uh now they're releasing it under fifth edition rules which um you know like that's for better or worse that's a system that uh, most a lot of people that are playing ttrpgs right now are familiar yeah uh and so but yeah they're it's that's gonna exciting be for me that's what i'm familiar with <laughs> yeah and so uh yeah i i mean i i loved i would love to see it just because you know i have the one ring starter set and getting my mm-hmm. friends to play it i mean they're they'd be interested for sure yeah but at the same time it's like i have to go through the process of teaching them and learning myself unless it's you know unless it's the year zero engine which is what alien their alien game and blade runner right. games are based on uh, teaching myself the system uh, mm-hmm. whereas you know the 5e game I can just we can just all of us just jump into it just jump right in yeah absolutely and that plus like awesome. yeah plus I'm a huge fan of free league publishing stuff there mm-hmm. I mentioned the alien RPG and the, yeah. the Blade Runner and uh, they just um, finished up their kickstarter for the Walking Dead so it's gonna be a lot of fun the good combination of I mentioned all of their like um like IP stuff, but mm-hmm. they also have some um uh like uh in-house like um like uh yeah. original content as right. well. Like they have um like uh Simbarum, they have uh Forbidden Lands, um and then uh it's not they didn't really make it, but it was definitely made um like they definitely uh helped with its creation I feel I think Morkborg. Okay. Uh, okay like i think uh i think whoever made Morkborg, i think eventually like you know started doing business with free league as far as like that'll be like their publisher i guess okay okay I'm, and i could be completely wrong with that if if i am definitely let me know oh yeah but um from what i understand like you know Morkborg is being officially published by free league that's pretty awesome but yeah so definitely check that out we got a link to that in the show notes as well Heck yeah and as far as some fun uh homebrew stuff mm-hmm. what are you thinking about homebrew how do you how do you feel about homebrew i'm totally cool with homebrew actually yeah i'm uh i'm on board i'm on board well it might please you to know about books of the realm volume seven mithril hall oh that would indeed it would quite so this is from b raven Wright, who mm-hmm. um as is responsible for over a hundred uh OGL D20 adventures and supplements, um, over three dozen adventures for the Living Forgotten Realms, which is mm-hmm. the uh it was like the organized game play platform that uh was officially sanctioned by Wizards and uh uh for oh, D and D fourth edition. Uh-huh. So what this is, it's a D one hundred table, and who doesn't love a good table? I uh, We'll take the option to roll for it to make choices any day of the week. I make grown up decisions that way too. Just throwing that out there. Just throw that out there. So it's Just throw D- it out there. That's how I deal with life. The D100 table uh, of different books that you could find within Mithril Hall. Uh, some examples are uh, Hammers by Our Hand, Delzone's Fist. This book describes a legendary hammer, Delzone's Fist. Wielding this hammer gave the user strength greater than that of a hill giant and gave them the ability Ooh. to cast certain spells from it. Wielders that used the hammer against opponents that were not of evil alignment started to feel negative side effects such as rapid aging and poor health. 
this book oh. is written in common and dwarvish uh which is awesome like all the books are listed as far as like what wow. what language they're written in that is such an amazing immersive uh flavor text type thing i love that kind of stuff oh no yeah this is this is very cool um i love and another one it says this false book uh bolter opens up to reveal five hand cross uh bow bolts plus one. Oh. so yeah so not only right. uh not only expand your mind uh, knowledge a little bit but also expand that armory how about that heck yeah i'm always down for some armory expansion and this is only you can get this for one american dollar that's it that's it one buck and this that and all amazing. this dwarven knowledge could be yours all this dwarven goodness all this all this dwarven goodness could be yours heck yeah so definitely check it out a link to that will be in the show notes and uh let's go ahead and get back to to the lore what do you say that sounds fantastic Welcome back as we continue our journey through Mithril Hall. Yes, yes. So, Mary, what's what's some of the history behind some of the Mithril history Hall? History here, yeah. So, like I said, this says Mithril Hall has been around for a long time, um, but the exact date when it was founded has been lost to time. What we what we do know is that um, Gandalug Battlehammer founded it. Uh, before zero dr so at some point before that um a note about that fact though it is stated in um, hall of heroes which is second edition source book for forgotten realms uh circa 1989 um it states that bunko Battlehammer had founded mithril hall but uh this is considered an error as several other works um surrounding it and after it contradicts that fact yeah i if it was a choice between Gandalug Battlehammer and, and Bunko Battlehammer, I'd go with Gandalug. Okay, I'm just going to throw this out there. Bunko is definitely a little bit more. Duh, huh, huh, don't need to roll dice to make that decision. You don't need to. Yeah, no, I'm 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 going with Gandalug Battlehammer. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, like oh, that's my little brother Bunko. <laughs> that's Bunko. Uh, He's a little weird. That's a. Uh, but that's all right. No, he he just he licks walls. That's all he, he does. Likes, he likes to lick the rocks. Um, but yeah, I love whenever um like information is lost the time because it's a lot it's a lot cooler than saying like oh it was founded in you know thirteen fifty nine. Right, right, exactly. It's like we know that it's been around since before zero yeah. dr, but not exactly sure when. Um, right. originally, like we mentioned before, it was set up um originally founded as a mine due to the rich veins of mithril. Um, it didn't take long before that business quickly grew and blossomed into this flourishing community. Um, because of that success, the location of Mithril Hall itself is kept a secret, using Settlestone as its public front for the mine. This is where they sell their ores and their weapons and where people come to do their trade and stuff like that with it. So this yeah, is why... I was going to say, in fact, if you remember our talk from the, uh, the Icewind Dale trilogy... Mm-hmm. Runer himself had forgotten how to get there mm-hmm. and essentially had to use uh, magic, magic yep. slash drugs, however you <laughs> want to look at it, to remember how to get how there. How to get back down there. Yeah. Yep. 
because it is it's kept so sacred that even future kings forget where we're had to use magic or go on a trip and so (laughs) i mean could be a magical trip you don't know i mean anything's happened so it was this is the way that things were until the dwarves dug too deep and released something violent something dark that they could not put back i've seen this movie (laughs) yeah they tunneled down deep into the bowels of fourth peak mountain and broke into a shadow cavern one that was said to be connected directly to the plane of shadows and from there they released into their home a tremendously powerful shadow dragon this is heron varim or you know the drake of shadow the drake o shadow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or shimmer gloom or if you can gloom. say it properly <laughs> unlike myself apparently so the dragon wasn't just there by themselves though they were accompanied by a clan of duragar and hordes of shadowy creatures the dwarves stood their ground ever you know steadfast and honorable as they are of course right they held the line and fought so that those that could not fight were able to flee Um, the nightmare beast of shadow and gloom devastated this great kingdom of dwarves and thousands fell Bangor Battlehammer, father of Brunner, died in battle, along with his father, Garum Battlehammer. These are the seventh and sixth kings of Mithril Hall. They met their fate on their feet, slaying masses of Duragar, as any dwarf would want to go out. Fighting. Oh, put that on my tombstone. Oh, yeah. Oh, here, yeah. Here lies Sergio, met his fate on his feet slaying masses of Duragar. Oh, absolutely. And then everyone's going to be like, the hell does that mean but every so often there's gonna be a real one it's gonna be like someone like you dear listener that's Mm -hmm. gonna pass by and be like oh hell yeah just come by and drop a d20 on you know in the little in the little dice tower and roll one for your homies (laughs) exactly (laughs) um it's likely though okay this is hold on hold on hold on (laughs) so that's on my tombstone and my tombstone is also a dice tower yes obviously obviously clearly but you have to have some kind of a cursed item to activate it just because am i weird for wanting uh my bones to be made into dice uh, dice yeah no because i've made jokes about my skull being turned into a dice tower before because i've said that like you don't need every bone no you know maybe just like a femur or something when i'm I was going to say, when I'm done with them, after I've passed, I feel like I probably won't need them at all, but carry on. Right? And, like, I feel like, you know, that would be awesome. Oh, it would be pretty cool. So, yeah. Shoot us uh, shoot us a tweet. Shoot us a, a tweet or an email. Let us know, like, <laughs> hey, using our bones for dice after we die, awesome or not awesome? Thumbs up or thumbs down, guys. Just a yes or no. Or but- you could throw that third option in there of Kind of cool, but also questioning the lore master and lore mistress's sanity. Which is also perfectly viable. Valid answer. I mean, I, I obviously would definitely approve of a yes response. Right. But I would right. under understand the cool but response. The raised eyebrow response. Right. Like, what? But I digress. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> so Bangor and Garam both fell in battle. Um, and it is very likely that the area that is surrounding where their bodies fell was probably cursed. And this is said because their bodies 
their gear, the weapons. All of it lays exactly as it was, completely untouched, centuries later. And if that doesn't just set me up to want to create so many things to happen in that area. spooky. My little DM heart is fluttering. I love it so much. It was at the end of this battle that a mere 300 dwarves that were able to flee waited at Settlestone. They were hoping and praying for good news that was never going to come. The mighty settlement of nearly 10,000 strong was decimated and reduced to a mere sliver of their former numbers. Very few of those that fought survived. Among those were Bruner and a gentleman named Thibbledorf Quint, which if you want to know more about him, you'll have to check out the Patron Plus bonus episode for this, because that is who we'll be discussing on there. Yeah, the the life and times of Bruner will be covered as we mm-hmm. go through the, the yes. Legend of Dritz series. Absolutely. But this Thimbledorf fella... <laughs> Thimbledorf <laughs> went. went. Mm-hmm. It's uh, one of the few that was yeah. able to make it through the fight with his life. Be um, interesting to read or hear about this guy. It yeah. Oh, he's a neat. He's a very fascinating he's character. Just a neat I, fella. I yeah. I rabbit holed real hard reading about him and went so many different ways and had to keep coming back to center. Um, those that had survived and chose to try to venture back down to Settlestone or back down from Settlestone looking for survivors didn't ever come back up and were not seen again. It became a very, very treacherous, very dangerous place. And so now I will leave you with a song that I found that I am not singing out loud. That's not. Sing it, you coward. No, I'm a coward. (laughs) No, that's exactly why. That's I'm not exactly sing why it. I'm not. But I found this and thought that it was lovely and beautiful. It is the song of Mithril Hall. We've dug our holes and hollowed caves, put goblin foes in shallow graves. This day our work has just begun in the mines where silver rivers run. Beneath the stone, the metal gleams. Torches shine on silver streams. Beyond the eyes of the spying sun, in the mines where silver rivers run. The hammers chime on mithril pure as dwarven miners in days of yore. A craftsman's work is never done in the mines where silver rivers run. To dwarven gods we share our praise, put another orc in a shallow grave. We know our work has just begun in the land where silver rivers run. I mean, any song that references shallow graves... (laughs) Uh, setting suns Mm -hmm, and um yeah and mithril mines that's the mental image of it being sung all these deep bellowy voices over the sound of the hammers ringing and the roar of the fires and just singing while working just echoing up through the caverns and up into the eaves of it Just, just beautiful imagery for me Ah, oh, so wistful. Well, Mithril Hall, there you have it. Um, yeah, like I said, we we covered uh like that's pretty much the story of Mithril Hall mm-hmm, through mm-hmm. its you know, its beginning up through essentially the reign of Shimmer Gloom. 
Right. Uh, and then it was kind of, you know, the recorded history during that period of time is pretty much nil up until mm-hmm, Bruner, mm-hmm. Bruner and co um, mm-hmm. storm the storm the castle, so to speak, and take it back. And yep. uh, if you want to hear about that one, check out the Legend of Dritz episode that where we covered yep. the uh, Icewind Dale trilogy. It's mm-hmm. uh, really the Stream of Silvers book and the uh, Halfling's Gem book. Fantastic. Like they show up in Streams of Silver and then end up leaving and then end up coming back and end up uh, right. taking over kind of like as mm-hmm. a sort of like an epilogue in uh, in Halfling's Gem. But yeah, it's great stuff. Just absolutely fantastic stuff. Every bit of it. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for allowing the D&D Lorecast to be a part of your life, even if yes. just for this short amount of time. Mm-hmm. We hope that you enjoyed the lore info. We hope that uh, it helped uh, that you were entertained, that perhaps it helped with a, you know, a campaign or an adventure that mm-hmm. you were wanting to run. Or even and- just gives you inspiration for a place to stop along the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of the best uh, like um, notes of praise that we got for the show uh, was someone saying that, you know, the info that we gave, that we passed along, Mm-hmm. Uh, help them like finally like connect the dots that they wanted to connect for their own campaign and for their own uh, story. I, and I absolutely like, oh. love that so much. That is, that's it. That's the goal guys. That's what we want. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you again for listening. My name is Sergio. And I am Mary. Fare thee well, dear listener. And until we meet again, may all your twenties be natural. Thank you for listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, consider following us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at D&D Lorecast, or jumping into the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows? For interesting people, check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.